This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 126 of the Laravel News Podcast. I'm Jacob Bennett, and this is Michael Dorinda. Hello. I do not have Hello. whatever it is that that accent is that you are attempting to do. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. We were doing, I was doing the little southern accent. What did I say before? Dueling banjos. Let's get this show. Just, uh... Yeah. I said we should do it live on air. You disagreed. Well, it's okay. Yeah. I'm trying to keep this thing profesh. It's okay. I just want to start with uh, Go Lakers. They have advanced to the second round of the playoffs for the first time since 2008. So it's, it's a bit different um, watching it now. It is. Right? It I mean, is. It, doesn't, it looks more like an arena basketball. It's yeah. just very odd. It's odd not having the fans there. But if you're not watching and you don't know that there aren't physically fans there, like if you can't see that, then it, it kind of looks pretty cool. Uh, like it's it, it sounds and feels like a real game. Every now and then you can hear the the audio sort of blank out when the you know someone in the broadcast room is like hitting mute because someone on the court is swearing. <laughs> so you got to have that eight second delay, awesome. that broadcast delay. Yep. But uh, excited, yep. excited yep. that the, they've made it. Yeah. I think we'll we'll probably uh, move on to Laravel news. The releases, my friend, the releases, and I'm actually going to let you start these because I haven't looked at these yet because these aren't linked up from the uh, from the show notes or from our our blog post. And maybe you could uh, give a little quick shout out to our our main yeah. man who usually does that for us. Everyone's yeah, favorite shout human. Out. Shout out to everyone's favorite human, Paul Redmond. Who last episode we said we hadn't heard much from him and and he hadn't been writing some um, you know any content for a little while. And we put it down to him taking some time off. He has he's taking some time off. He got into a fight with a, a pool cleaner and not like another human being. Paul That's cleaner, what I thought when you first said that. I was like, yeah. what? Everyone everyone's favorite human would would not get into a, a fisticuffs with another human being. No, no it was a, a machine, a machine pool cleaner. He cut his hand open and and had to get himself some stitches. So he's like he's 13. not been Yeah. Not like so, a stitch in a, or two, like thirteen stitches. Yeah, like. thirteen in his hand. So it's a it's a a sizable uh, scratch he's got there. So uh, we wish Paul all the best to a speedy recovery. Um, and and on that note, Laravel 7.26 was released on the 25th of August and mm-hmm. added a bunch of new features. First up, we have the new when has and when field methods, which were added to the interacts with input trait. And that is exposed via the, the request object. So if you're injecting the request or you're using the request helper, or the request facade, however you go about that, you now have the ability to call when has and when filled. Previously, you would have to do, you know, an if statement, if request has filled, and then do something inside that, whereas now you can use the when has and when filled methods. And I better double check, but I assume it allows you to pass a closure as the second argument and do some kind of stuff with it. So it allows you to fluently chain things onto your request. So re- when request, when her. Request when city, um, do something when minimum price, do something when et cetera, et cetera, and just change it all together just to, you know, really clean things up. Um, And of course, if you're using PHP 7.4, you've got the ability to use the 
uh, short closure functions as well. So uh, thanks. Oh, that was Taylor who, I don't know, Pascal Baljet uh, pulled that one together. So thanks very much for that. That is certainly helpful. Uh, we've also added some email validation with custom classes, a new string, uh, sorry, a new component attribute bag where it doesn't start with uh, for your blade view components, as well as a synchronous commit for Postgres support, nested errors supported now in assert JSON validation errors, and nice. the support to stream ugh, to read streams using the file system manager, along with some bug fixes and some small changes. Um, and on the back of that, there was also Laravel 7.26.1, which fixed a offset error in the invalid remember token and supported or fixed a, a bug with PHP Redis host uh, prepending and things like that. So uh, we'll have links to both of those in the show notes. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for that. the request when has, when filled, because I know in some stuff that I'm doing at the moment, I'm I'm doing those conditionals on... This is the thing. I always see these things and I it's that tolerance to pain threshold that that people talk about you know taylor has a very low mm-hmm. one someone i was listening to i think it must have been jonathan i think it was jonathan rennick on the the laravel podcast he was talking about having a, a little bit higher i think it was him i'm sorry if i'm remember misremembering that i i have a, a little bit higher tolerance to that kind of pain where I didn't even think to create a, a, a pull request to add a when has, when filled. I just went, well, yeah, we just do a if, when, you know, kind of thing. So I appreciate the people that do that. And one of these days I will do that. That said, having a low tolerance to pain, I came across an issue the other day in the JSON resources. If you do a when, when loaded to determine, you know, some key should be displayed in your eloquent resource when a relationship is loaded, we found out that that doesn't actually work for nested resource, uh, nested relationships. So if you have like a user that has posts that has comments and you want to say on that user resource, show me the comments. And then you do, you know, this when loaded um, post.comments, that won't actually work. And I went digging through the, the framework source code and and saw in there that it just doesn't array key exist. And I thought, this is easy. We'll just put an array has and use dot notation and everything will be fine, but uh, not to be. And I very quickly realized that there was a reason um, that that wasn't supported. I'm sure someone, maybe someone will hear this and, and decide to go investigating. I had to get back to doing what I was doing. So I ended up with a couple of if statements in there. But um, it seems Nothing when I decide. Not the wrong yeah, statements there. It seems to be that when I do think to go and fix someone else's pain, that I find things that are much more difficult to solve than than some of these other things. So uh, I, I did message Taylor and I said, why does this not work? And then I started working on it. And about 15 minutes later, I messaged him and I said, oh, oh, I see. <laughs> mm, isn't that funny? It's so, always like, oh, this must be a bug. And then you're like, wait, no, 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 no. That's yeah, not a bug. There's a reason this doesn't exist because exactly. it's hard. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that is releases. Please tell us about the excitement of, before we before we talk about, um, the things coming in PH, uh, sorry, Lara, Laravel version 8. Let's talk about Laracon Online itself. Sure. Just to yeah, jump ahead. Do we ahead. have that on the list here or no? There is. Laracon I'm Online for, Videos. Laracon Online Videos, those. yeah, sure. Yeah, so the Laracon Online Videos are out. They were actually out the day after, which is pretty awesome. That's a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, if you didn't Rapid get a fire. ticket, there's still time. 
There's it's a $29 ticket for access to all the videos. So you got Frank Vanderher and Jenny Shen, which was actually a really interesting one, uh, talking for designing for users across different cultures. That was a very interesting talk. Jonathan Rennick, Jeffrey Way, which was great. Taylor Outwell, of course. Prosper talked about machine learning. That was an awesome one. That was really cool. Colin DeCarlo did a lot of stuff with refactoring. If you like PHP Storm, uh, he used code coverage tests to figure out which paths were being used and not used and refactored some code really, really quickly and really well. It was like a code kata that he went through and redid. It was a pretty good one. Uh, mm-hmm. Stalfer, don't cry when your dev dependencies die. Introducing Titan's new takeout, which basically replaces your local instance of MySQL or Postgres or whatever it might be with a Docker version mm-hmm. of that. So if you need to install something that wouldn't otherwise be able to be installed on your Mac machine, something like maybe SQL Server, something like that, you can install it in Docker because you don't have to install it on a Mac. You just install it in yeah. Docker. So previously, maybe that's been a bit of a pain. But with this takeout, they make it really simple. It's just a little CLI app that allows you to do these things really fast, really, really simple, uh, just like Titan always does. Mm-hmm. Marcel, another refactoring uh, talk. Uh, there was a couple of these, so not another as in it was less good. It was just another one of those. Adam mm-hmm. Wathen talked about building component libraries with Tailwind CSS. So he sort of had like four different levels. Have you ever seen that meme where it's like, it's a brain, like a view of a brain. And it's mm-hmm. like the first one is just kind of like a little bit. And then the second one's like a little bit more activity. The third one's like they're enlightened. And the fourth one is like mind blowing, whatever. He kind of did that. He went through like four different levels of um, ways that you could create components with Tailwind CSS. But it was a great listen. Uh, it's always cool to get a inside look into Adam's brain. And he had some really good, uh, really good points in there, as well as like, I always feel good. Like there are sometimes things that I'm like, should I be doing this? Should I not? And there were a couple of things in that talk that he like sort of gave permission to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, by the way, you don't have to have the same HTML for desktop and mobile. It's okay to have different versions mm-hmm. of HTML and showing how that was like, oh, I just needed somebody to say that. Right. That somebody always doing... felt like a weird thing to do. I went, surely it's easy just to do this. And they always feel bad. It's like, no, you right. should be able to make it. And sometimes... Sometimes, Sometimes can, it right? just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. correct. Correct. Uh, Jess Archer, a Laravel developer's guide to view spas, which by the way, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. is not only, oi, 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 is not only for people who are building spas. There was some really good tips in there that she gave uh, about just basically developing for the front end of the Laravel application. So that was great. April Dunford talked about how to position your app in the marketplace, which was cool. Caleb Porzio talked about Livewire and Alpine, and I about lost my mind. About lost my mind. That is next on my list. I watched oh, I watched so Taylor's talk because you know this was in the middle of the night for me. So I watched Taylor's sure. talk uh, the other day. I watched the Takeout talk because that was actually of interest to me because I need to do some stuff with Elasticsearch and installing that on my Mac doesn't seem like fun. So Takeout seems perfect. And uh, next on my list will be. Caleb's talk because we are using Livewire and Alpine and I think there's some things that I do with those the combination of Livewire, Alpine and Blade View components that are not quite right and I end up getting stuck and going round and round in circles so maybe I'll learn some things Couple things that is I next learned. on my list yeah you can send routes straight to Livewire components which I did not know yes you can I did not know that that you can just say, you know, go to your web.php yeah. and then route and then straight to a live walk, well, route, live component. Route colon, colon, live wire. I think that the syntax changes in, in version two, but it's, yeah, route colon, colon, live wire. And you don't even need no controller, nothing. Yeah, um, I was like, that's insane. And, and that's, that's, that's yeah, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Oh, very cool. So there was some stuff too, like um, file downloads. 
uh, that mm-hmm. you can do now. So you just stream a response down. You just click a button and you know call an execution or call a uh, method in your in your component. And if you just return a stream download, it just downloads it. No work, no worries. Magic. Um, they have file uploads as well. So mm. that's really insanely awesome. Very cool. Uh, you can bind models as a public property now. So like when you were passing Excellent. in before, yeah, you couldn't do that. So you'd have to have like all of these properties listed out. So like if you had a model mm-hmm. that you wanted to update like 10 properties on, you'd have to list all those out as public properties. You don't have to do that anymore, um, which is huge. Um, there's a, now a rules property, which you can use with this validate, which will just validate a payload. Yeah, very cool. So it basically... You know, some magic stuff like a controller like would would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can now, oh my gosh, I don't want to spoil it for you, dude, but it is so awesome. You can access LiveWire components from the front end now. So you can say like var component equals LiveWire first, and then you can get mm-hmm. the variables from the LiveWire component in JavaScript on the front end. Interesting. So with that, you can actually do something called LiveWire and, and, and LiveWire and Alpine like merge like this. And it's mm. called entangle. So you can entangle mm. a variable on the front end with uh, Alpine, on the back end with Livewire. That Caleb kid is on another level. He's another something else. level. So basically. And, and you know he's something else when you see Taylor tweeting that the stuff that Caleb is talking about is mind-blowing. Like, well, you so think here's some the of the stuff thing. that Taylor's done over the years. <laughs> I know, right? So here's the th- crazy thing is that Jetstream, which we'll talk about in a minute, is all Livewire entangle. It's all uh, everything. It's Alpine and Livewire entangled to do mm-hmm. all of the Jetstream stuff, and it's so good. I need to so see good. this in action. I need yes. to see it. I need. So I if need you it. didn't, if you didn't watch that talk, folks, yet it's worth the twenty nine dollar ticket for that talk. It's so good. So check that out. I'm so excited. All right, Tim McDonald, follow the eloquent road. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, 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 and then Jack Ellis. How the skilled Fathom Analytics to handle billions of requests. He's got a great blog post on this as well, which has been read apparently a bunch of times too. So mm-hmm. there's also digital swag. There was a chance to get an iPhone 11 or a Google Pixel 4. Lots of discounts and credits towards courses and services, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a great conference. We had a, a little meetup here in uh, Bloomington. Uh, had a, like seven, seven folks here. So that was really fun. Had a great mm-hmm. time. So yeah, that was Laracon Online, and one of the things uh, with Laracon Online, since you just watched the talk, why don't you talk about uh, Laravel 8, what's coming in Laravel 8? Indeed. So as we spoke about last episode, Laravel 8 is planned to be released on the 8th of September, and in in anticipation, Taylor has been hinting at some of the features that will be coming to the framework and uh, demoed pretty much all of these features in his talk at Laracon. But um, some of the things that we want to talk about specifically that Eric wrote about on the blog is a PHP artisan serve enhancement, which is just a small quality of life improvement in Laravel 8 that you no longer need to restart PHP artisan serve if you update your ENV file. It will automatically detect the changes have been made there and restart really for nice. you. So if you are just living that artisan serve life for your local development, changes will be read in and you can just keep on working. Uh, the other thing here is that the Laravel 8 skeleton will include an app models directory by default. <gasps> this came to life after a Twitter poll a few months back where um, pretty much it was the, t- Taylor said in his Laracon online talk that it was the most liked tweet that he's <laughs> put out in a long time. That's um, funny. And that 80% of the respondents are crazy people that want to have an app models directory in their applications. So from Laravel 8, the skeleton 
So if you were to create a new project, it will have a models directory in there. If you're upgrading from Laravel 7, uh, you don't don't need to do it. You can add it in there or, or whatever else. And then all of the, the generator commands that work with models, whether it's make model or make migration dash M or make controller will respect that setting or that uh, configuration. So if you have a models directory, it will automatically reference the model from the app models namespace. And if like me, you do not have a models directory, then you can just keep doing what you're doing and Laravel will respect that as well. So I feel like that's the best of both worlds for for the people that need to have needless levels of organization in their application and those that don't. And uh, the other things that, that, that Taylor went through in his talk uh, is the new factory classes. So, you know, we had to define states and things like that in, in flat files and, and closures and callbacks and things like that. In Laravel 8, we'll now have class-based factory. So you can just create a user factory, which is a class. And then inside there, you can return uh, your definition, which is your array of fields. You can have states in there. It's got some really nice imp- improvements to the way that you handle your relationships and and things like that. Um, and you can call it directly off of your model. So if you add the, oh, I don't remember like the, the user trait. Colon, trait. Colon factory. Or whatever. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So there's a there's a trait that you add to your. I, I think you add it to the model, or it's or it's there by default. Um, and you just go, you know, model colon colon factory, and that's it. So you you don't need to use the factory helper method anymore. It's all done. Um, there's the ability to squash migrations. So if you have over time built up dozens or hundreds of migrations, you can do. Um, you can run an artisan command, which will compress that all down to a schema.sql file, and then the next time you run artisan migrate or migrate fresh. Uh, as, you know, and especially in your testing environments and and things like that, um, it will run the schema first, and then anything that's not in that schema, it will just um, continue to run through. So that's that's really handy. There's also some great improvements to job batching, bulk um, job batch processing, job backoffs, rate limiting, um, exception reporting, event listening has been improved greatly. Um, so now you can event listen, and if you type hint the um, event that you're listening to, it will be able to infer the the event itself so you don't have to specify the the event itself um, which is really handy that route caching improvements improvements to maintenance mode so you can now redirect users to specific pages you can um, return different status codes you can generate a secret key that if you were to um, reference that in whilst the application is in maintenance mode it will unlock the maintenance mode for you rather than having to deal with application whitelists and things like that um, so if you needed to do some testing in production, if you've got a bug and you want to lock your users out, but you still need to be able to get to it, you can use this new functionality. And um, lastly, the the new thing that, that Taylor announced was Jetstream, which is essentially Laravel is now decoupling some features and functionality out of Spark. So Laravel Spark being the software as a service boilerplate, essentially they're taking the user and team management component out of Spark and making a free and open source package. And then Spark will be um, solely, uh, it'll continue to be a paid product is my understanding. And that will be the billing component. So interacting with um, Stripe and in the new version of uh, Spark that is coming out will also support Paddle, uh, which means that you'll be able to support PayPal through that platform as well. Um, handle direct debit, uh, debit cards and things like that. So, um, I'm very excited to get my hands on Jetstream. I was probably, I don't know, half to two-thirds of the way through building team support for um, our little side thing, then ping me, and 
And when you messaged me at like one o'clock in the morning or whatever it was while I was working on this, I I was halfway through it and then I went to bed and almost cried myself to sleep because it was getting tedious building that out myself. So I'm very much looking forward to getting our hands on that and and simplifying a lot of stuff and getting a lot of extra functionality that that perhaps we hadn't considered because, you know, we're building this ourselves from scratch. So um, fantastic to see that that is being open sourced true to his word at, at the end of last year started this year taylor said he's really gonna dig deep he's not gonna push a commercial product this year he's gonna really work on open source and and giving back to the community and and it's fantastic to see that you know jetstream and fortify which we didn't really hear too much about so far so once that's released i'm sure we'll hear more details about that and how it ties everything together so looking forward to all of that hopefully we see jetstream soon and and laravel 8 as i said will be shipping on the 8th of september so Ooh, massive, massive yeah. little segment there on Laravel. I'm very excited to see that. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I, I there was oh, there was actually so many... the other thing. The other thing that stood out to me is that Laravel has now, uh, Laravel eight will have its first ever namespaced helper function. So it's this queuable yes. function. So you could yes. you could pass an anonymous cool. closure uh, and shove that straight onto a queue. So that was pretty cool. Uh, definitely yeah. check out the the Laracon online talk because I've glazed over stuff even quicker than what Taylor did in his talk, obviously. So uh, check it out. As as we said before, you can still grab tickets at this at the time of this recording from uh, Laracon.net. Uh, they are twenty nine dollars, uh, and you get access to all of the videos basically straight away, and and yep. the digital swag that is included. Yeah. No, so I mean, I like am waiting, just holding my breath for this Laravel eight to come out. It's going to be so great and so many cool things. So. Prosper said that he's releasing a package when Laravel 8 comes out. So it's Laravel Machine Learning. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Caleb is releasing Livewire 2.0. And then we've got Jetstream coming out. We've got all the new things with Laravel 8. This is like a huge release. Just a huge release. Mm-hmm. So many big mm-hmm. things in here. I'm really, really excited about the class-based factories. I think specifically for us, that's going to help a lot. Uh, they were getting really nasty. Our factories are a disaster. <laughs> they are a freaking disaster. And then also this idea, so like Laravel Spark, I was actually just looking at it the other day. I was like, man, I wish that was a little bit better. It's like a hot mess. And it's not a hot mess. It's just the, I don't like the design of it, right? It's like bootstrap. And Taylor addressed mm-hmm. that. He's like, you should be able to use this without having to use bootstrap. It's like old, right? So it's all with Tailwind now. It's all using the tall stack. So it's great. So you've got, um, yeah, you've got Jetstream and then you got Stripe, or, or I'm sorry, Spark. And you can think of Spark almost as like a, almost as like a premium cashier. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's sort of like what we've talked about with Stripe's new billing offering, how you just kind of have this separate portal that you direct somebody to and it handles all that. And I feel like that's kind of like what Spark's going to be. You just build your app and it's just a package you kind of install, I think. And then it just kind of bolts onto your application instead of being like the entire application, right? It just kind of handles the billing portion of things. So yeah, it it looks really good. Everything's looking awesome. So Mm -hmm. that team is killing it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. And I'm excited because we haven't heard much about what Nuno's working on since he started working for for the Laravel team as well. So I'm sure there's other secrets in the wings that we'll see over the coming weeks and months. Is he working for Laravel team now? Or is he just doing some side stuff for them? No, no. Nuno started working for Laravel uh, probably about a month ago now. Didn't realize that. Congrats, Nuno. Way Hmm. to go, man. Awesome. Okay. So next on the list, we've got Statomic 3, which has now been released. So after a few months of being in beta, Statomic 3 is now officially launched and available to everyone. So this release marks a new beginning for Statomic because the system is now built as a Laravel package. So you can just drop it into your Laravel application and have a full CMS 
at your disposal. How nice is that? And this sort of seems like the way people are going a little bit. They realize that like at this point in the Laravel lifecycle, most people already have an application, right? There, there are certainly there are people who are starting Greenfield. But there's a lot of people who have existing applications. And it's really nice just to be able to drop some of these things onto your existing application and get all the amazing functionality that these tools offer. For example, Statomic 3. So that's just one of the major feature announcements in here. The other features from the release announcement. So it's built as a Laravel package. You can drop it in without having to wang, jangle, WordPress, or another platform onto a subdomain, God forbid, subdirectory, and glue it into your app directory with bubblegum and rubber bands. Thank you for all that amazing type, Jack. He's just a genius with the words. <laughs> uh, it's also... Here's the crazy thing too. It's also open source and completely free for personal use. Yeah, which is really cool. That's, that's awesome. That's a, that's a first for Statomic, I think. It is, it is. And I'm hoping that that gets them a ton of adoption and they become like the default CMS for all Laravel and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's so good. It really is so good. Uh, so it's open source, free for personal use. So if you haven't used it before, definitely use it. Uh, it's also designed to scale. So you can start with flat files and then you can transition to a database or cloud storage service when you need to by using data repositories. So this data repository allows you to sort of switch out what you're using as your backend for Statomic, right? It can also be used at a, as a headless CMS with their content API. So you can use it just for the administration of that stuff and then, and then access it through an API for easy integration into uh, a front-end stack that you would prefer. Uh, it can also transform into a static site generator with their SSG package. So they've got all these add-ons and all these packages that really allows this thing to be completely flexible to meet whatever your needs are. I mean, if you think about it, that's the entire stack, right? Open source. It's a package for a Laravel app. It can be used just as a headless CMS or it can be a static site generator. I mean, that's that's all of it, right? I mean, that's pretty much everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, also, outside of these main features, Statomic 3 has a new pricing structure, which is Statomic 3 Pro is $259. It includes a year of updates and developer support. And then after that, each additional year of updates uh, and basic support is only $59. So you don't ever have to renew your site to keep using it uh, or leave it mm-hmm. online. But if you want to get the latest updates after a year, you just have to pay $59. So this is sort of like the model that uh, Sketch uh, I know uses. Yeah, yeah. So so you pay once and then you get a year of updates. And then after that, if you want to purchase again, you just kind of pay like a lower fee, right? And then you mm-hmm. just get the updates for that. Yeah. It's fairly common so, now. You know, Sketch does it. Um, you know, Figma is free in the, in the cloud, but you've got PHP Storm is the same kind of thing. We've got the perpetual license. You buy 12 months of updates and then you yep. can keep using that version forever. And and exactly. if you, yeah, you, got you want to get the next version, then you re-up your subscription. So I think it's a nice middle ground between lock-in um, and subscriptions and things like that um, and and paying for software forever kind of thing. Yeah, so absolutely. So quick caveat, just to be clear, the solo and free version is open source, but it, it does not include every feature that's in pro. That's okay. It's more than capable to handle any personal or hobby site stuff, but they do have a side-by-side comparison of feature breakdown on their pricing page. So you can go check that out. If it's at all possible, please support these folks. They are really, really good people. They've got a great team. They've been around for quite a while and they are uh, valuable members of the Laravel community. So if you have not used Statomic before, check out Statomic 3. It's promising to be a great CMS and hopefully uh, you can use it not only for personal things, but also for some commercial products, throw these guys some cash and keep them going. That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Magic. Uh, The next thing we have, which we touched on briefly before, is takeout from the folks at Titan. So at the Laracon Online 
talk that Matt Stauffer and Jose Soto gave. They launched Takeout, which is a Mac-based CLI tool for spinning up tiny docking containers, one for each for development environment dependencies. Um, it's not a replacement for Valet or Homestead, it's to supplement it, and it allows you to essentially run isolated containers for um, Mueller search, MySQL, so you can run different versions of MySQL, MariaDB, um, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and it allows you to essentially enable and disable Docker containers as you need it and then just access them as though you had them installed via Brew locally. But you can shut them down when you're not using them and it'll persist your data between runs. So you don't have to worry about losing all your data or your migrations and things like that. You could have separate MySQL container running for each project. And if you switch between projects, you could spin down you know, your Laravel News MySQL container and spin up your Jetstream container for, for MySQL and things like that. Um, so that that's all done via Docker's persistent volume storage. It does currently require macOS, Composer, and Docker, uh, but they are looking to provide support for Linux and Windows. But it will support MySQL, Postgres, uh, Microsoft SQL Server, Elasticsearch, Mueller Search, Redis, and Memcache from uh, basically now. So you can check that out. We'll have links to that in the show notes. I'm definitely going to take that for a spin. I'm using DB Engine. D-B-N-G-I-N yep. at the was, moment, yep. which is from the folks that build Table Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a little bit lighter in that, you know, you don't have to have Docker running and, and, and that kind of stuff, but it doesn't have the breadth of service support. And of course, um, being an open source thing, if you needed something else, you know, if you wanted to have a container that ran, for example, Minio, you could just, you know, send a pull request to get Minio up and running, and then you could just spin that up using Tagout as well, I would imagine. So... Um, definitely check that out. Say thanks to the the folks over at Titan for that. And if you are on, on Windows or Linux, then maybe you'd be interested in contributing in getting it working on those platforms as well. So as I said, links will be in the show notes. I'm excited to check it out. I might finally install Docker on my Mac. Yeah. I've got it installed. I've had to manage some old projects that needed like PHP 5. Dot mm-hmm. something crazy. And it was like, all right, I'm just going to install Docker on this instead of trying to nuke my homebrew. And uh, yeah. Yeah, things sort of fragile, which is why takeout is, uh, you know, why it exists. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've got some news with Tailwind CSS. So Tailwind 1.7.0 was released and it now includes built-in support for background gradients. So if you've ever, we I've done this just recently. If you've ever defined your own background gradients, you've had to do like, you know, style equals linear gradient, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So now it includes first class support for that so all you have to do is bg gradient 2r so like to the right like going to the right and then you say from and then you can pass in a color in your color profile so like orange dash 400 via mm-hmm. red dash 500 which would be like the middle color to pink dash 500 so you can specify up to three colors i believe or maybe it requires it it's there's the syntax is in the uh, is in the show notes here. We'll drop it in here. But basically, it gives you a really nice linear gradient uh, using just your utility uh, classes there. The yeah. other thing that's really cool is you also have this new background clip utility. So what you can do is maybe you've seen this before where you kind of have like a piece of text. And behind that entire piece of text is a gradient. This is very like an Apple-ish looking thing. But you can do that so you can specify this gradient that you want. And then you can say BG clip text. And then you can say the text is transparent. And then you just type in the text that you want there. The text, since it's transparent, you'll see the background gradient behind it. It'll show through. Uh, so this is just like a clipping mask that you do in Photoshop or something like that. But it yeah. looks really, really nice. The one other thing that he talked about 
is uh, if you're using the grid, uh, the grid utilities, there's these column gap and row gap utilities, which aren't terrible at all. But the way that it was named wasn't consistent with how other things are named in Tailwind. So if you've ever used the space utilities, it's like space dash Y dash and then a number or space dash X dash a number. And that will place an equal amount of spacing between all of the first and last child elements of a of a div. The way mm-hmm. he's done is he's basically left the names as they were, the gap utilities as they were, but he's also aliased them in 1.7 to be gap-x-a dash number and then gap-y-a dash number. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit more consistent with uh, with the way that they were. Of course, he's so harsh on himself. He's like, they do the exact same thing, but have names that don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so for some funny. dumb reason, I named the column gap and row gap utilities cold gap dash n and row gap dash n respectively, which isn't terrible, but it's not consistent with how other things in Tailwind are named. Yeah, you got it. So there's some other stuff in there as well, but those are sort of the, probably the most uh, most relevant ones to most of the folks here. So that's Tailwind 1.7. Okay. We've also got this Laravel Blade Once component. Michael, what's that? As of Laravel 7.25, Blade now includes a new Once component that will only render the items within the tag one time. Essentially, and Eric, who wrote this post, said it's a little hard to explain and much easier to show with an example. So uh, it's going to be even harder for us to do in audio form. But essentially, inside one of your Blade components, you could have the at once Blade directive and put something in there. For example, a script tag. Perhaps you wanted to um, have a bunch of components that rely on Alpine, which may appear one or more times on the page. If you put the script source attribute into the once tag, Laravel will handle making sure that it is only injected into your page one time so that you don't end up with 10 different, you know, link source equals whatever, or script source equals uh, link to Alpine JS ten times on the page, and then Muhammad provided some examples as well where you could do uh, some templates that are only put onto the page once per per time. So essentially, the component renders itself once on the page, um, no matter how many times you reference its containing uh, or the, the the parent component. So uh, awful, awful explanation. If you didn't get it, we will have a link for it. In the show notes, as I said, it's available as part of Laravel 7.25 and above. No, I think it makes sense. It makes sense. We've got this uh, other package too that we've got called presets. So what this is, is it's a command line tool for applying existing presets to your freshly scaffolded products, projects. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. We already have Laravel presets, right? We do have that. Yes, we have the UI, UI components and things like that. Right. So... I think this might just be a little bit more than that, and it allows you to define your own quite easily. So, so I think it just hooks into the existing presets. Uh, it's certainly linking to the existing ones for the the Tallstack, Inertia, um, Tailwind, Pest, Vite, and Tailwind, and and uh, presets. So when you run these commands, it will leave all of the things flowing around. So you have the composer dependencies still in your composer.json. You have any of the bits and pieces in, in your app that you don't need. So once once you install the composer package and it runs its scaffolding to bring in whatever it needs to, to, to install the preset, unless you actively go into your composer.json and, and then remove it, it will just be part of your application forever. So this preset is an alternative setup in that it will do the things that it needs to do to install so it'll pull down all of your bits and pieces. It'll run the install commands and then it'll remove them. 
so that you don't have all that lingering in there. It's using npx, which is, I guess, the the npm command to to run a binary um, or run a utility from M- npm. Uh, at least that's my understanding. I've, I never looked into it. I just copy and paste things whenever they relate to JavaScript and hope that npm doesn't blow up. So yeah, it's it's more a wrapper, a wrapper around installing those presets. And it sounds like the main motivation behind this is it says the main issue with the concept of boilerplates is that from the user's point of view, it's hard to know what changed. All right, so the features of the boilerplate have to be well documented, but even then the user doesn't know exactly what files have been edited or removed for the boilerplate in order to work. So unless it's been documented, which also is a lot of work. So as a maintainer, it can be mm-hmm. hard to keep track of those changes that have been made to the code base and, or easy to forget something in an update and then you get dead code, kind of like what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So with this, a preset describes the exact changes needed for the features to be added. Uh, so you can just read the preset's code and know the changes that it's bringing so it solves that that issue. And it also makes the maintenance easier because uh, of the overhead caused by all the files of a boilerplate are, are gone. It's just the preset instead of a boilerplate. So that's it. That's all. I'm not going to pretend to understand anything more than what I can just read on the screen for that one because I don't typically use those. But... There you have it. All right. We've also got mm. these nine quick tips for auth in Laravel. Indeed. So this is an article by Povilis Kodop, who runs the Laravel Daily yeah. website. Yeah, yeah. So Laravel has a great out-of-the-box authentication system, which is about to get even better with the supplement of Jetstream. But we need to know to customize things here and there. And for some of that, you need to look to external packages and write lots of custom code, et cetera, et cetera. So by default, the auth routes, I guess, call is put into your routes file when whenever you run the laravel ui stuff but that laravel uh, that auth routes call does accept parameters for example you've got the ability to include login logout register reset confirm and verify so if you pass this array of um, key value pairs so if you were to pass uh, register and then fat arrow false you won't have a register app in your application which is useful if you are only um, inviting users to your application or you're only creating users through a backend administration panel or via Nova or something like that. So you can just disable the register endpoint completely and then it just won't get registered in your application. Um, so that'll just enable and disable the routes. Um, we've got Laravel UI to generate controllers only. Uh, so if you were to say PHP Artisan UI controllers, uh, it will just install the the controllers. It won't install any of the views or anything like that and you can build your own with uh, whatever front-end tooling you want to use, whether you want to use um, Bootstrap or you want to use Tailwind or you want to use something else, um, you can do that. You've got the ability to reconfirm password for important settings. So since Laravel 6.2, this has been a feature in the framework where you wrap a route in the password.confirm middleware and then it will essentially redirect the user to a, a password confirmation to make sure that they're actually authorized to make that change. Um, you've got the ability to log out for other devices the ability to redirect after login and register with custom logic, how to create new users using Tinker. What else we got here? Login with email or username. So you can provide a public function username method on your um, authenticate user or your authenticatable model. In, in most cases, it's going to be user. And if you return the string of a column, you can authenticate with some other method. Um, so you could use email, or you could use username, or you could use a field called I don't know, flippity flu, if that was what you wanted to do. So 
that's a handy thing if you if you've got something if you've got a legacy application that you're porting across that doesn't use the username field uh, or the email field rather. I know that in uh, our legacy CRM we have a field called username with a capital U and a capital N for some obscure reason. So we had to do that uh, modification ourselves. Um, you've got the ability to customize parameters for uh, the throttles logins trait, disable auto login when when registering. So if you register a user, typically it will log them in straight away and then redirect them to the dashboard or the homepage, whatever you have configured, so you can disable that. And there's additional checks with email and passwords. So you can do credential checks if you need to check that the, the user and, username and password is correct, but also that they have a has active subscription or something like that. You can pop that into the uh, credentials method of your login controller. So that's a high-level overview of what's in the post. Obviously, if you want more detail and some code samples and and more examples, then definitely check out the link which we will have in the show notes. All right, folks, and that's all we've got today. It was a uh, crazy week this last week. Lots of great, cool stuff going on in the uh, world of Laravel. Great time to be a Laravel developer. So awesome, awesome. We're super happy to be able to bring you the news. It's always good around Laracon time because there's a whole lot of energy, a whole lot of buzz around new features and new functions and lots of things to learn and lots of things that people are sharing through talks and the discussion that goes on around that. And, and it always gives me a, a, a renewed energy to, you know, to pick some stuff up and to, and to do some stuff and doing a project at work at the moment that is using Livewire and Alpine. I'm very excited by some of the changes that are coming in, in both of those projects and, and also the stuff that's coming in Laravel 8. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, we will probably do our standard reserved approach to moving to Laravel 8. Um, we'll let other people be the beta testers on, on that. But it is always cool and exciting to see new functionality and, and new tooling and, and you know, Taylor's all about that developer experience and that low, low threshold to pain. So, doesn't always come first, but when it, it's like Apple, it's, they're not always first to market, but they're always, typically, always the the approach is correct when they're ready to right. to bring that to market. Yep, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, we uh, we'll probably wait a couple of weeks. We'll probably wait a couple of weeks and let all those dot point releases get out there. Mm-hmm. 8.01, and then we'll push in. We'll jump on, jump on mm-hmm. the bag and wagon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, this was episode 126. If you liked the show, we would really appreciate it if you jump on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a five-star review or just tweet, retweet us, share this with your friends. That would be amazing. Show notes for this episode can be find, found at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 126. And of course, if you'd like to uh, have something featured on the show or just give us a shout out, talk to us on Twitter at Michael Dorinda at Jacob Bennett or at Laravel News. And I will say I had one person take me up on the whole talk to us and we'll talk about your blog post. Mm-hmm. They just didn't submit the blog post. So oh. <laughs> it's like, hey, let me know when you submit your post and I would be happy to talk about it on the air. So we still have this, that, op- that is still out there, folks talk to us and we would love to give your stuff a shout out on the show just like hearing from you absolutely absolutely all right folks we'll see you in two weeks see you see you bye